Welcome, everyone, to the Ministry of the Bread of Life. I'm Joel Van Hoogen, and it's been my honor to be the Bible teacher for this ministry for over 20 years. We've rejoiced to be able to come to you every weekday. This is a program of the International Ministry Church Partnership Evangelism and its Missions Fellowship, the Bread of Life, in Boise, Idaho. You can learn more about our work by going to traincpe.org or breadoflifeboise.org. From Titus 3.8, the command of God is to maintain good works, and we're weighing what it means to do good works. We've established that the Christian is not saved by doing good, but he or she is saved to do what is good. Good for others, that is, and good for the glory of God. So what is this good we're to be doing? The good news is that Jesus Christ, the sinless Savior, became sin for us. And he gives us his righteousness through our simple act of faith and trust in him alone. It's his saving work alone. We believe that. We uphold that. We, we tenaciously hold to that belief and that doctrine. But that said, we don't, we don't do good works to be saved. But that said, we are saved to do good works. It's God's purpose. It was God's plan. It was God's design. And these good works that we do, we don't do for our own benefit. We don't do to add any expanded benefit in heaven. We don't do it to give ourselves some merit before God or pleasure before God. We don't do it for any other reason. We don't do it for any other reason but to do it for the benefit of others and for the glory of God. The good things that God has given to us are done not for our own sake and for our own benefit, but so that others might be benefited by the things we do and so that God may be glorified by what we do. And they necessarily flow out of the life of a person who has placed their faith in Jesus Christ and is determined in that faith to follow him. The Christian life is a life of good works, of good works. So here's the second thing I want to ask here. What are good works? It says do good works, but what are they? And I'm just going to say here, you're going to be surprised that they're not necessarily great moral and spiritual gestures or activities. Good works are simply those things that bring a profit to others. They're those things that bring a benefit to those around you. When Paul says to Titus that people are to be taught to maintain good works, he says that this is good and profitable to men. It's those things that we do that bring some profit and benefit to those around us. In the book of Psalms, you'll find that the most common expression or description that's given of God in his activity towards men, it's to say that God is good. We've read it in Psalm 145. God is good to all. And what is being referred to as this attribute which is in God in which he seeks to bring advantage or benefit to his creatures. The Bible says of God that, for example, he sends rain upon the just and the unjust. That is that God seeks the advantage or benefit of the just person and the unjust person, of the good person and the bad person, of the righteous man and the unrighteous man. He is good. He is good to all. In other words, God is pleased to please. He is disposed to be kind and helpful and to benefit his creation. God's goodness is that which works to human advantage. He provides what is good and profitable for us. And so... Good works on our behalf are those works where we labor to advantage someone else, where we seek to give others the leg up. This is not 
always doing it to seek some great moral outcome or to demonstrate some great moral benefit on our sake. A parent instructs their child to go to bed and get the rest because it's good for them. When I was young, my mother always had two bits of health advice for me, which was get plenty of sleep and get drink plenty of water. It seemed to be coming up all the time. The problem is if you drink too much water, you can't get plenty of sleep. But anyhow, you put those together, that was the instruction. And it's a common instruction. Parents are always giving their children different points of life. Get a good education, it's good for you. Or work hard, it's good for you. Or keep your promise to other people because that's good for you. And all the advice that they give to their children is basically because they want their child to experience an advantage in life. They want their children to somehow find themselves in a more profitable experience. And, and these are expressions of God's image in us. And they're things that we express even if we're evil. The Lord Jesus said this. If you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. And what he's acknowledging is that sinful, broken humanity still reflect the image of God in themselves by seeking to do good to those around them, particularly their family. And it's an expression of what God is like. God is seeking to advantage us. God is seeking to bring benefit to our lives. We're wanting in the same way, and we're learning in the same way, that we need to seek the advantage of others. We need to work to give other individuals the leg up in life. That's what God does because he's good. His goodness profits us in this life, and he profits other individuals in this life. Now, God has a, a goal and a plan in all these things. God is not simply doing these things. It's out of his nature. It's part of his nature, but he does have a design behind it. it it's something that God will continue to do because God cannot stop being who he is, good to all. But behind it, God has a goal, you might say, or God has a purpose, which is not simply to benefit people in temporal ways, in just the life that they're living right now, but that these very things might lead them to eternal and lasting benefits. So the Bible says that God's goodness, Paul says this in Romans chapter 2, that God's goodness is meant to lead people to repentance. God's good to people, but there is somehow a design or a hope behind it. And that is that in God being good to people, just advantaging them in their life, that they might recognize the presence of hand of God and the reality of God beyond, around them and that God is working out the details of their lives and that God is somehow being good to them. Just the other day I was listening to some song, just a secular song. A person was describing his life. If he looked in review of his life and through it all, the things that everything just seemed to work out, he said. And, and life has overall been good to me. He says, the line is life has been good to me. And li- well, it's not life. It's God. God has been good to you. Things work out and you come through and it's God who's still tending over you and watching over you. And These things are purpose behind God in order to bring men to repent and turn to him and seek not just simply a temporal advantage but seek eternal life from him. And yet, his goodness doesn't come with strings attached because it flows out of his nature. And so he's good even to those that he knows are not going to respond to him. And those are not going to answer his goodness. And the Lord Jesus was good to all 12 of his disciples, even Judas, even though he knew what Judas was going to do because it was in his nature as God to be good to all. It's his life. We're called to do the same, to be good to all people. But there is a design right behind it, a desire behind it. Oh God, in these good things, may I give witness to you and to your life and your presence and may you use these things to be a witness through me of the eternal life that you want to bring to all men. Here's a third thing. This is really quick. Seeking to advantage others, seeking to profit others, to do good to others is work. 
That's why it's called good work, to maintain good work. It's, it calls for ongoing effort. The, 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 the widow who is now eligible for care in the church demonstrates it by the good work that she's done and she's maintained. And, and the one example that leads it off is that she's brought up children and moms, a lot of labor, a lot of work, a lot of effort. It's a, it's a short word for a long life of continued contribution to the welfare of your family and it's work, it's good work where you're seeking to advantage them in every way. And it, it doesn't end when they leave home. You continue that good work in your prayers and your advice and your counsel. And my children don't regularly call me for counsel and advice, but almost daily they call their mother. And I just go into another room and read or something like that. But I can hear her as she's continuing to speak into their lives and direct them and guide them. And, but here it's just the beginning. You know, listen. There can be a sense in which the effort that a mother gives to her children is highly lined by her own self-interest because she sees them as an extension of herself. And so it's governed by self-interest. So Paul is not satisfied by simply saying that she must do good works in bringing up her children. He extends it to she must care for strangers. She must be hospitable to strangers. She must have washed the feet of the saints. She must have provided for and done good to those who were afflicted. She must have been zealous to pursue all kinds of manner of good work. Because the good work that we carry out is not simply the exercising of providing for those around us for our own self-benefit. You know, I've got a lady. We have a little rental that we have. We have people that come into that rental and we take good care of it. And the next door neighbor lady, she mows her yard about once a year. And uh, so it doesn't look really good next to my yard. Well, you know, I haven't explained this to her, but I go and when I mow the yard, I usually mow her yard as well. I don't go in her backyard. No one can see her backyard, but I mow her front yard. And I've told her I don't want to offend her by doing that, but I, wanted, I thought it would be helpful for her. But the reality is it's helpful for me. It makes my house next door that we rent out look nice that her yard is mowed. And so it's not a good work right? <laughs> it's nice that I do it, but it's not good work. And, but unfortunately, many of the times when we find ourselves doing what's good, it's along those lines. We take credit for it, but actually we see a benefit in it for ourselves. And that's not what's being called for here. It's being called for giving our lives in such a way for others to benefit them and advantage them without an eye upon ourselves. And it takes work and it takes effort. Here's a fourth thing. It says, doing good work is the work that God is actually doing right now. Doing good work is the work that God is engaged in right now. And he's saved us so that we might enter into that work with him. Let me read to you some verses. John 10, 32. The Lord Jesus is being confronted and being accused and the people are getting ready to stone him because he's professed himself to be one with the Father. And the Lord Jesus says to them, many good works have I shown you from my Father. For which of those works do you stone me? In other words, the Lord Jesus in a sense now is giving an overview of his life. He's giving a description of his activity among the people of Israel and he describes it this way. I've been doing a lot of good work. 
Which one of these good works have you been stoning me for? So it was his labor. It was his effort. And then the Lord Jesus explains why it was that he carried out that good work and why it was that he was doing that good work. In John chapter 5, you have the story of the Lord Jesus healing a lame man on the Sabbath day. And he tells the lame man to arise, take up his bed, and go home. The man gets up in this healing virtue that Christ gives to him, gets onto his feet. This lame man takes his bed and begins to walk home. But as he's walking home, it's the Sabbath day. And the Pharisees see this man carrying his bed on the Sabbath day, and they immediately confront him because he's breaking the laws of the Sabbath by walking home. And the the man who's healed explains to him that he's only following the command of the one who had healed him that very hour and told him to take up his bed and go home and so now they turn their focus upon the Lord Jesus and they bring their accusations against the Lord Jesus that he's a lawbreaker and he's breaking the law of the Sabbath because men are supposed to be resting on the Sabbath and they're not supposed to be working on the Sabbath and the Lord Jesus responds to them in John chapter 5 verse 17 to give an explanation for what he's doing and he says this my father has been working until now and I have been working. My father has been working till now, and I have been working. Before that, the Lord Jesus says, my life can be described by good works. And now the Lord Jesus explains, I'm just following my father's example. My father's can tear it out this work. My father's working in this moment. In other words, what the Lord Jesus is basically saying is, my father works on the Sabbath day. And so do I. Thanks for listening to The Bread of Life, a ministry of Church Partnership Evangelism and the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. I want to extend to you a welcome to join our worship every Sunday at 11 a.m. in the Old White Church at 1023 East State Street in the Warm Springs area of Boise. To learn more, go to breadoflifeboise.org and follow the links. Until the next time, may God bless you.